Hey guys, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Life from the perspective of a military family member is way different than a civilian standpoint. Military children and family members give up their hopes and dreams to be able to stand by and support their service member, and it isn't an easy lifestyle for anyone to live. I hope that this podcast is able to help connect the military community and give others just a glimpse into what the military life is like from the perspective of spouses and children. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Grace of Military Child and Life. Today, I'm here with Poe, who is a former at this point Navy spouse. So welcome to the podcast. How's it going? I'm super excited to have you here. It's going good. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So tell me what being a military spouse for you was like and, you know, growing your family that way and just the different experiences you've had. Oh, man. So being a military spouse, so, you know, we all start off in the girlfriend, significant other range. Right. And I I like to go back all the way to that because I feel like that's when all of our journeys really start. And the fact that I just ended like the active duty journey and had those people from the beginning there at the end was it makes me tear up. <laughs> um, it's too soon. I just started. <laughs> um, because it's emotional. Really like, it is. And you don't realize it till you get towards the end, and those people are are still standing by your side. When you know, so I met my husband. Well, you know, we were dating here in Oklahoma, and then we got married. Two years later, we moved to. Italy as newlyweds. It was like wow. awesome. Best. Best experience <laughs> I'm sure. ever. Um, and those people like to, you know, and then we came back to Oklahoma and we've been in Oklahoma ever since just because of the the work that um he did. And to think that like uh you build these lifetime relationships. Yeah. In in the military. If you if you want it, you right. can get it. Yes. I think that's a big thing. It is because if you're not willing, and I know everyone's different. Most people uh, come into this life and they're so shy. Um, But that's a huge thing that if you want it, you can get it because you form those relationships by putting yourself out there and being, you know, in a sense, the awkward one for a moment. And you put yourself out there, you gain these friendships. And, you know, decades later, they're still there, you know, and I can speak to that from the child's perspective. like literally they are there. They're, those are the people where it's literally the term military family is so true. If you need something, they're one phone call away, no matter where in the world they are. And that is, that is such a unique perspective as well. When I, when you're talking about that and I think about my daughter who's been in it the longest yeah, and her best friend, her parents are air force because we're here on an air force base and, um, they're already planning like their future college lives together, right? <laughs> and, you know, they kept in touch when um they moved away to Hawaii for that tour for three years, and how we just have this beautiful world that we live in if we give ourselves the opportunity to do it. And I think that's that's something that can be a challenge for, you know, many personalities and something that I really had to 
learn about um, when I had my job on base. And, you know, not everyone, not everybody wants to. And that's, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Everyone is, you know, walking through a different stage in life when, you know, they go to each duty station when they, you know, you never know if a deployment is happening, you know, um, each family life is so different. And that's what I love about the military life is that we can all just kind of, you know, come together and be like, hey, no, we understand. Like, it doesn't matter what you're going through, but we have that level of empathy for other people that is so unique between, mm-hmm. you know, other, you know, civilians. Yeah. No, and it's, unless you've lived it, it's really hard to describe it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because we can like understand without, uh, you know, saying anything. Like you can get to know someone and then it's just like you can send like an emoji and every, like you say the entire world with one little picture or just a look in your eyes or something like that. You can tell. But then when you're talking to someone outside of the military life, it's like, I don't even know where to start because I have to explain from square one. Right. No, exactly. I always go back to, you know, when we all talk about how our civilian friend said their their husband is gone for a couple of days. <laughs> I know. And like, a part of me like empathizes like, oh man, like I totally get it, yeah. you know. But at the same time, I'm like, I've been doing that for 15 years. Like- <laughs> no, it's funny you say that because, you know, people will say, hey, you know, um, my husband or wife or, you know, whatever um, is going out of town for a weekend. And, you know, we have, you know, our kids, we have to deal with that and we have to cook dinner and we have to run errands and we have to take them to school and do appointments and all of this stuff. And it's like, my mom did that for four months by herself. And she was working and she was going to school and, you know, taking care of literally everything where if civilians go on a work trip, it's most likely within the United States. You know, it's not going all the way to the other side of the country or anything um, or the other side of the world. I mean, right. Um, And doing those things. And, you know, they just don't you empathize with them because you're like, I get it. But like you said you did it for 15 years. <laughs> and then I'm like, buckle up, buttercup. Like, you're going to be fine. Like, that's what I, like, I really want to say. Like, it's nothing. Like, yeah. you're going to figure it out. You're going to be fine. Like, don't, yeah. like, it's so hard when you're, like, seasoned and you're used to deployments and you're used to just doing it all. Um, yeah. It's just, and even when you talk to, like, a new spouse, you're just like, like, I promise you it gets easier. Like, right. you, like I promise you, like, it's not always that hard. It's not always that lonely. And it's it's just, it's hard. You can't just say that because they're like, no, this is what I'm feeling right now. And like your feelings are 100% valuable. Yes. 100%. Because I had them too. Like those first deployments when you're dating and you're sad and you're lonely. And, um, but what I, what I want to remind them is they do get easier. You learn, they, they're easier in the fact that you learn how to manage them in a different way. Right. They still yeah. suck. They can still be really hard. And <laughs> Murphy's Law is real. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's 
And that's something that when I talk to my clients who are going through a deployment, it's like, um, you know, get it all out, then it all out. And now what are you going to do? Yeah. Right. Like, what are you going to do? And that's the same, same conversations I had when I was the health promotion coordinator in Sigonella on the base. Yeah. And they were like, oh, this place sucks or I'm not doing this. And so my, my, my reaction was, what are you doing about it? Yeah. Cause that's where you what have you to start. <laughs> if you don't, if you do nothing about it, and that's the hardest thing to learn, like you were saying, because you're in the moment, like you had those experiences where you're like, this sucks. Like, you know, this deployment seems like it's never going to end, like whatever it may be. And, but if you don't bring it down to that point and say, you know, get over it in a sense, you know, <laughs> what are we going to do? What's the next step? Um, what are you going to do? Because you have to find some place where you can balance those, you know, valid emotions, but also continue to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. You, you may not want to go into that. You may not that want to go out of your comfort zone, but it's like so critical as a military spouse to get over that hurdle. And the problem is, fortunately, I haven't had to do this, but many, many do. You have to do it like all the time. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, And how do you do that every three years, every couple of years? Like, how do you get into a mindset of, okay, now I got to put myself out there again and hope I find a friend locally. Yeah. Right. But that's why it's also important that you do that because you're going to build those friendships that go all over the world that you keep in touch with. Like my best friend, my very, very dearest best friend I met when we were stationed in Siganella and we were pregnant together and our kids were born like a month and a half apart from Aww. each other. Yeah. <laughs> this is the necklace she got me and we share it and I got her the same one. That is so sweet. Yeah. And I mean, we're like, we call each other sisters because yeah. we we are that close. We still, even when she went to Gitmo, even, you know, when all these places that she was stationed and we were still here in Oklahoma, like she came back to Oklahoma before we did. And then she left me. She left me. And, <laughs> and when it went to Gitmo, even these all these years, we still keep in touch. I talk to her almost every single day. Like, yeah. And those are the people that are going to be your rock when you are at a new duty station and you are trying to put yourself out there and, and make and make a friend. And then, you know, your friend makes a friend at a new duty station. You're like, what? Are you replacing me? <laughs> Did you find someone better? Right. No. And, you know, it's so scary, you know, because you meet someone, you connect with them, you're instant, it's that instant family, you know, that feeling. And then it's like, all right, you're moving. Like, what do I do? You know, <laughs> like, what do I do? I have to make a new friend. Um, And then it's, it's the same thing on the opposite side. But are you like, are you going to replace me? Like, do you have to make a new friend? Can we just do like coffee on Zoom every single day? Like, you know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. I remember when the pandemic hit and I got a bunch of us from Siganella on a Zoom and we played yeah. this like online game. And I was just like, oh, you know, and yeah, yeah you have to make there. it work. And if mm-hmm. you, yeah, if you don't put yourself out there, then those deployments are going to be much harder. Those moves are going to be much harder. You know, I, you know, you saying that makes me think back to, um, 
when I was dating a service member and, you know, it's long distance, right? Because we were, he was stationed somewhere else um, than where I was living. And I was talking to another military spouse who's a social worker. And I would just be like on the phone in tears with her and like, I can't do this. Like, this is so hard. Like, I love him, but this is so hard. And she'd be like that same thing. Well, what are you going to do about it? Like, you can't be there with him. Mm -hmm. Like, He's off work and doing his thing. Like, what are you going to do about it? Um, and that's the hardest question to ask someone who's going, you know, who's in those emotions. Um, but it's fun hearing it, you know, from somebody else. Not that she's wrong or anything. And <laughs> love her, but you know, it's it's nice to hear it from somebody else, like, you know, saying there's people going through the same thing. There's people who are experiencing those same trials. And if you don't put yourself out there, if you don't figure out what's next, then it's going to make life just that much more difficult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of my, my number one tip for folks would be go volunteer. Yeah. Go volunteer. It doesn't have to be on base. It just has to be wherever your heart desires and brings you joy. Yeah. They may not be active duty military spouses or whatever there, but you're going to make a connection with people in your community. And that's really what's going to be important, especially when you need the support, when you need the help, when you need someone to pick up your kids or you're running late or you need a babysitter. So I do, I'm like volunteer, give back. And that was like one of the first things when we moved to Sigonella, because uh, when you live overseas, it's really hard to get a job on base. Like, yes, real hard, especially one that you want, you know, right. like <laughs> one that you really want. And yeah. so I built a routine and then I started volunteering for the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'm just going to volunteer. I'm this, this is a way to meet people. It's a way for me to use my skills. And I'm in the helping field. Like I love to help. I was supposed to be a drug and alcohol counselor. Yeah, And so that is just my number one tip. If you are struggling, you need community, you're maybe feel a little bit uncomfortable, just go volunteer. Yeah, I love that because, uh, you know, even when I started college at Florida Gulf Coast University, their thing was if you are an incoming freshman, you have 80 hours of volunteer work to do. If you are a, if you're a transfer student coming in, to your junior or I think they said junior and senior. I don't think they included sophomore, but then you have 40 hours. So they have 20 hours a year, which is like 10 hours a semester, which is very, very overwhelming (laughs) telling a freshman you're here for four years. You have to do 80 hours. Um, That seems like so much, but Mm -hmm. it's so beneficial. And the connections you make, I volunteered with home base, which is a, um, military connected organization for um, veterans and who are wounded warriors. And that's huge for PTSD and things like that too. Um, and so the connections there are, you know, were incredible. And even though, you know, we don't talk all the time, but I know they're there to support me. We're friends on LinkedIn, like, you know, they're mm-hmm. supporting me there. And then I, you know, they included um our writing for Eagle News, which is our student journalism, mm-hmm. um, kind of, we produced a paper every month. And so that was included. I made lifelong friends there. Like, I'm so excited for those girls and guys. Um, and so it's incredible just 
how fulfilling volunteering is, even though you don't make an income from it, like you feel so much better from it, which in turn is more than an income. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I really like that your college does that. I know. I it was that? so weird hearing it at first, like 80 hours of volunteer work, but no, it was really incredible. And you know, the time just flies by when you're doing it too. Well, because you're you went and volunteered with an organization that you were interested in and brought you joy. Yeah. Right. If you hadn't found joy there, you would have you would have gone somewhere else. Yeah. So, and so when you do that, you put yourself and you surround yourself around other people who also want to be there, who have similar interests. So you start building connections and community. And that is so important for military spouses. Like, yes. That's why I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's military or not. Maybe you you love the animal shelter. Well, freaking go to the animal shelter. (laughs) There's animal shelters everywhere. And they need you. Exactly. (laughs) Desperately. (laughs) You know, so like, and I think it's also I can I can like hear like a military spouse thing like I don't have time for that yeah like, I don't have time for that yeah <laughs> like, no and it's so hard because you know we're balancing where well military spouses are balancing like you know handling the kids taking care of the house making sure finances are all done, like doing everything and so it's hard to find time for it. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to find time even to just take care of yourself. And then to, you know, volunteering is in a sense taking care of yourself too. And so it's hard to find that time to say, hey, I've got like an extra hour of my day where I can go and do something greater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I <sighs> I know a lot of people say, I don't have time. I don't have time. But if you stop and actually look at what you do with your time and your day, Mm -hmm. I bet you can find the time. Yeah, take a little, an extra hour out of scrolling through social media Mm -hmm. or TikTok. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because honestly, that's where a lot of time goes. And having a social media marketing background, I know how valuable that time is that people spend scrolling through the social media um, because that makes businesses boom. But if you can just take an hour that you would be spending scrolling through social media and doing something, even if it's just, you know, stopping, putting your phone down for an hour and going playing with your kids, you know, like you don't have to go and volunteer and do something bigger. And while that's, you know, so important and so helpful to military spouses too, um, in the community, like all you have to do is just find time to do something that you enjoy. Yeah. And you're you're kind of circling it back around to like taking care of yourself in like different ways to yeah. take care of yourself. So like disconnecting from social media, from your electronic, right? Making time for something that you want to do for you. And I've, I always felt like deployments were like that great time. You know, like I can yeah. do whatever I want. It's my schedule. Like, <laughs> I don't have to share it with my husband. Like, yeah, this is mine. And then I have to like reintegrate you and, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> reintegration is a whole other oh, thing. That is not my area of expertise, though I feel like it could be after 15 years. I'm um, sure. But we had, um, speaking of that, like we, we um, I experienced not long, long deployments. I experienced deployments of one month here, one month gone, one month here, one month, which makes like reintegration like the biggest pain in the butt. Yeah. Especially if you have like a young kid. Yeah. 
such a pain. Like they come yeah. home and they're like, oh, this. And I'm like, she doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We've <Nope>. moved on. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you know, now that I'm on the other side, you know, I go back and I think about like, oh man, like I never, I don't think I really took enough time to think about like his side and how right. he felt yeah. coming and going and coming and going and the kids changing and growing like, and you know, so now. Well, I'm sure it's just- like, it's heartbreaking, you know, for the service member who's like, you know, missing these milestones, you know, in their kids' lives. And whether that's like birthdays or whether that's like, you know, trying a new food, you know, like something major or something so minor, you know, it's hard, you know, coming back into those reintegration periods and like having what they know as bath time is now something else, you know, Mm -hmm. where they're like, they're not there in the day-to-day knowing the daily schedule. It changes, you know, within even that short month period that they're gone, something changes and they have to learn all over again. And Mm -hmm. then the family as a whole has to learn all over again what it's like having, you know, the whole family there. Yeah. It's heavy. Like this life can be really, really heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at the beginning when you're just learning how to navigate it. Um, that's why it's just, you gotta, gotta build people, gotta build those relationships. Yeah. Community is so important. So important. You've got to just set aside your fears, set aside like the what ifs. And put yourself out there. I know. I know. It sucks. Like, especially as adults, like, I'm be 40 on the 29th. So, like, making new friends when you're an adult and a parent is like, it's weird. Yeah. Like, it's weird. But we do it. Because. Yeah. And you, you, you learn that, like, most of your friends end up being your kids' friends. Like, their parents. <laughs> That's yeah. a stage of up. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Which is great. They're amazing people. And I learned, you know, to trust them to take care of my children and, right. and things like that. Um yeah. It's so even just, you know, moving on to a new base and going next door to your neighbors and introducing yourself there, that is like the first major connection there because you never know how long they've been on base for how long they've been in their area. Some people are fortunate where they don't move as much, you know, and some people are fortunate, but also unfortunate that they have to move every, you know, couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it, I say that because it is cool to, you know, travel the world, but it's sex moving every single time. Um, but so you never know how long they've been there. Like I just talked to Vanessa from WTF squared and it's, we try food, we travel far. And mm-hmm. so they like to give out re- uh, restaurant recommendations. So like, you never know. Your neighbor could say, hey, no, like this is where you should go. This is where you should stay away from, right. you know? And so that's like an instant connection right there that you don't necessarily even have to put much effort into. And if you are that neighbor, go say hi to the new people. Like, yes. <laughs> If you see a moving truck, you know what's coming. <laughs> yes, yeah. And, and I think Especially that's if like, you live like, on base. Yes, yeah. Like, I'm trying to think. I mean, those are probably some of like, that's the only time we ever lived on base when we were in Siganella. Mm-hmm. And it was 
the best time ever. Like you had your friends on your blog. We would have weekend get togethers and barbecues and like, you just had this community. And then I had my friends up the hill and we would go over there, you know, like, I don't have that. Right. I've lived in this house. I think this is our 11th year. And I've, I yearn for that sense of community that we had back in Siganella. And it's, I mean, it's not that I don't talk to my neighbors. I do. Our kids play together and everything, but it's just, it's different. It's not every weekend. Like, Hey, come over. Let's have drinks and barbecue, you know, like, yeah. um, or I mean, I have I have one friend on the block who I'm like, hey, my husband's deployed. I want to move this. Can you come help me? You know, <laughs> every military spouse needs that friend. Oh yeah. That we, when you want to move something, <laughs> that friend that you're gonna call is like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm down. Like Let's move it. <laughs> yes. What was it like living in Saginawa? The best <laughs> ever. Okay, I would have stayed forever. So yeah. we were on three year orders. We extended for one year because we loved it. We just loved it so much. I had the best job ever, like the best. I was the health promotion coordinator. I had the best bosses. Like, um, each commander that I had was amazing. Each CEO of the hospital was like fantastic. I was still able to like use my counseling background, um, create programs where, um, we worked with Sweet and Family Services and we got to go out into the main town and go to the farmer's market. And oh my God. Yeah. And we would like go and buy all the food and go to this like restaurant by the farmer's market and like cook it and learn how to cook like authentic, healthy meals. Like, I got that to do so like fun. awesome stuff. Yes. I got to work with active duty and family. And then we had NATO forces there. Um, wow. So like, if I could have stayed forever, I would stay. I would have stayed forever. Like I would never yeah. move back. Would have, like <laughs> daughter was born there. Would have had the other kid there. Like yeah. And I, you know, and I mean, I come from um, a South American background, so we had traveled to Europe before. So I've been exposed to to travel and things like that. So to me, it wasn't scary to go. Like I was so excited to go, yeah. and. I, I, you know, anyone who's like, oh, I don't want to go overseas. I'm too scared. I never travel. Like, just do it. Yeah. Like, just do it. Like, when, what other time in your life is somebody going to pay to move you to another country? <laughs> like, not pay <laughs> to move you, but like pay for your move. Right. To go to another country. Like, you probably, you have to pay for your pets. Like, I get, yeah, you do. You have to pay for your pets. Um, but that's small fees. Yes. You're not like, moving your whole house over there. Yes. And I know it's scary. Like you've never left the country before. Maybe you've never left your state. Right. That's again, getting out of your comfort zone and taking advantage of the government. Like I'm a hundred percent, like take advantage of that. I know. And you know, people don't realize that sometimes because it's like, if they're going to move you there, like I get it. There's some duty stations where it's like, don't go like avoid at all costs. But if you are like getting handed an opportunity that you can't really even say no to to go overseas and live in in Italy and Germany and Japan and England wherever the case may be just go it is scary it's going to be scary I've never lived overseas before um but I've been overseas and it is a completely different world um and so it's gonna be scary but just go there's a Zamara she's been on the podcast twice before 
um, her mom, they moved to Germany and her mom didn't put her in a Dodea school. She put her in a German school. Mm-hmm. And so she was so scared and she hated it. But she was like, I will never get back that time. And that time was so valuable because now she knows German. Mm-hmm. She knows more of the German culture because she did something that was scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. I I think that's what, what makes me sad when I hear spouses that are like, oh, I don't ever want to go overseas. Like, yeah. no, 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 no. And I get it. I do. I get it. It's scary. It's scary. But I want you to think about why. Why don't you want to go? Really think about it. Are you, you know, is it being away from your family? Yep. That sucks. And then I want you to also then think about the opportunities. So the opportunities are amazing. And the people in Europe are so nice. (laughs) They really are. You think the people in the United States are nice? They are not nice compared to the European and to Mm -hmm. the the United Kingdom people. Mm -hmm. Like, seriously. Yeah. Like There's we suck so- over here compared to them. <laughs> no. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, are those stereotypes that you fall into? Yes. Like yeah. are Italians loud and talk with their hands? Yes. I've been trying to keep my hands down. I'm South American. <laughs> like my face, like I'm an Eastern European mutt via like they move to South America. And like I talk with my hands and I get really passionate and loud. Yeah. Um, but you know, are they like that? Absolutely. Does that make it awesome? Yes. Are there no such thing as a line in Italy? Yes, lines don't exist. <laughs> like you kind of have to wiggle your way to get what you want. Yeah. And when we moved, when we moved back, so my daughter and I had to come back early because I had to have, um, I had to kind of have to have like an emergency surgery. And so we were in the middle of like you need a PCS, but you also need to have the surgery. Mm-hmm. Your PCS isn't until December. You need to go now. Like, mm-hmm. don't wait. Yeah. And so. Um, I, her and I came back together and I remember going to the mall with my dad. I hadn't been to, they have malls in Italy, but again, they're an Italian mall. So there's, it's there's different. no lines. Yeah. There's no right. lines. And um, I remember going to the food court and the mall that I went to growing up, like, I've been to this mall <laughs> and I, there was no Chick-fil-A when I left either. So there's this Chick-fil-A now and it's like just tons of registers. I just remember seeing like 10 registers and I was yeah. like, I like I was like I'll be back I'll go get it I'll go order and I remember like walking up and just like staring and I was I walked back to my dad and I go what do I do like which <laughs> one of those do you go to <laughs> like yeah what what is that like, I didn't know how to get in line so when they tell you there's like culture shock when you get there and then culture shock when you get back it's real yeah because you get so used to to their culture and then you come back and you're like, how do I be an American again? Yeah. Yeah. But you also get to get like bring back these memories and these recipes. And yes. Um, you know, in Italy, life is just piano piano, like slow, slow yeah. down. Like domani. We'll take care of it tomorrow. You know, it's a very much slower pace of life. And I remember like moving back with our almost two-year-old and being like, I don't want to go back to this fast pace of life. Like I really am enjoying just like this relax. Like it's okay. Um, And I grew a lot from that. Like a lot. Like coming back, I was like, I don't want to do that. Go, go, go. Yeah. 
and I, and we have it. We've really been able to keep the whole like not too much, chill. Things don't have to just be like bam because you think it is, you know. And man, that stayed forever. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, I mean, you've already given so much, but the last thing I always like to ask um, is what advice would you give to another military spouse? Just one. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. It's like the hardest question. Remember to keep your sense of self and identity. Number one. So important. Mm -hmm. I think it took me a long time to get to that place because you're a girlfriend, then you're a spouse, and then maybe you're a parent. So everything, you try to put everything before you. Really remember that making yourself proud and happy and fulfilling your life dreams and desires are still attainable and are still valuable and should still be on the top of your list. Because many spouses, even you mentioned it too, have to go through major career changes who have to drop you know, their goals to fulfill the goals of the military, you know, and, you know, the service member there, they join because they want to serve, they want to, you know, be part of a higher purpose, um, which is fantastic. And I commend so much, but all of these spouses are, you know, taking the back burner, these kids take a back burner, um, which, you know, we understand and we, you know, move along, spouses get to kind of choose that life you know marrying into the military kids don't get that choice but Mm um you know it's so important to keep your goals keep your dreams keep your motivations as well not just i'm here you know Mm -hmm. yep you nailed it (laughs) yes well thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing so many incredible pieces of advice and your story and your journey thanks for having me i really appreciate it Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Make sure to set a reminder for every Tuesday to listen to a new episode. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Grace of a Military Child and Life. If you have any questions or want to be on the podcast, send a message to one of our social media platforms or email grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. See you next week.